0: and we're back hello. Um, what's up ruby we have a guest uh kristen hansen she's a friend of mine um i'm really awkward when i do these introductions because i i don't know i just it doesn't feel comfortable to me but um yeah she's gonna be our guest today uh, hello kristen
1: hello hi <laughs> kristen <laughs> welcome to the podcast um, yeah. i'm excited to have you um yeah w- uh why don't you just start out by telling us a little bit about you and, like, what you do? Um, you know, like, I know you're into, like, Reiki and, like, things like that. But I'm sure, like most of us, you do, like, a range of things. And, um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, cool. Um, yeah. So um, I kind of got curious in that there's something more to reality than than what we're taught just like growing up. I grew up in like a Midwestern suburban. My mom was a homemaker. My dad had a corporate job. Um, so like very kind of traditional um, church, all of that. And I kind of always thought that there had to be something more, but when I was young, when I was, uh, 14, I was in this uh, really bad car accident. And yeah, my, um, we're going on a, like a father daughter trip it was me and my dad and my, a guy that my dad worked with and his daughter, and we had done this several years. And, uh, so it was kind of a tradition. And Mm -hmm. this particular year, my friend um decided to drive her like little pickup truck. She had just gotten her license. And so she was going to trail behind the motorcycles. Um and just kind of carry luggage and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um and we were hit by a semi. Oh shit. Yeah.
1: So like in the truck. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah,
2: we were uh, crossing, we kind of pulled up to a stop sign and the, uh, both of the motorcycles crossed safely. And I think just, my friend, I think just, you know, she was a a relatively new driver and she just didn't judge how fast the semi was speeding. And uh, so we kind of, as we crossed the road, he hit us on the driver's side. Okay. Um, and she passed away, and in that happening, I had a near death experience. so,
1: oh wow, okay, yeah, so Pete mentioned this to me, and I'm really interested to hear about this because I feel like that's a pretty rare um thing, and also it happened at such a like young age, you yeah. Know?
2: It's taken me a really, a long time to unpack it. You know, I think there's, there's just layers. Um, You know, you have kind of that ground zero point where you're just like, the situation happens and then you have like the immediate aftermath and the, the just all of the fallout that, and you just piece through part by part. Mm -hmm. And when it happened, so I'll, I'll describe the the scenario. So I was greeted by three beings, one of which felt like my grandmother. Uh, my grandmother was a chesty Italian woman, and she had passed away the year before. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like her. And they were kind of standing in a row, and there was uh, like a tunnel behind them. And... My grandmother grabbed me and was like hugging me. And I was trying, I was very confused. I just remember just this overwhelming sense of like confusion, but like somehow it's okay. Like this peacefulness that mm-hmm. is is kind of hard to find here in life. And she grabbed me and she there was communication, but it was so quick that and I In some ways, I feel like I know exactly what was said. And in other ways, I feel like it's, you know, I don't want to color memories just from it being so long ago. Yeah. Um, So it was more like a feeling. And she turned me around to face, to basically look out and see my body. I could see my friend's body. I could see my dad running up to the vehicle that we were in. I could see the truck that hit us. It was like anywhere I looked, I could kind of look through. I looked through the top of the vehicle we were in and like I could look through things. And wherever I looked, I could kind of be there. I could point my consciousness there, but also still be with my grandmother in this space. And it was interesting. Wow.
1: That's an interesting. I don't mean to interrupt, but you're
2: fine. Go ahead.
1: I just was. So you feel like you kind of are like, in two places at once, like both able to connect with your body and also kind of be outside of it in this place with your grandmother. Just
2: no boundaries. I wasn't confined by normal, like what we consider just like a normal 3d reality. Like there were, the rules were different.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I mean, it kind of makes sense considering like what was actually happening there. Um, that you probably were in some uh, limbo or something like that, um, but I guess I've never ha- like heard someone describe it like that. I think that kind of paints a different picture than other stories I've heard of people having experiences like that. You know? Yeah. But
2: yeah. anyway, thank you. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was in the moment. It was just it it felt totally safe and totally okay while also i was also at the same time holding this emotion of confusion
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: in later years like and especially doing a lot of like shadow work and and energy work that being able to hold that polarity of emotion at the same time um it's just fascinating to me because I think like, you know, we're here in the third dimension in this like hall of polarity where everything is this or that. Mm -hmm. And it was such a visceral experience of it being this and that and being able to like unpack that later. It's been really, really helpful just in my own journey. So I saw my dad, uh, come up to, and he opened the passenger side door where where I was, where my body was. And I, it was like in that moment, there was almost like a goodbye that happened with my grandmother. And I felt my body get, my consciousness, I guess I should say, I felt my consciousness get pulled back into my body and like the heaviness of it, of like coming back into it. Yeah. And I woke up and my dad was right where I had just seen him and woke up, started screaming, went into shock, and then woke up in the hospital like uh, a day or so later.
1: Wow. Yeah,
2: it was a wild (laughs) experience.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I don't even know like how to start or like what questions to ask um i
2: got one
0: who were the (laughs) two beings do you remember or no i'm just curious
2: one felt feminine and one felt masculine and i my now my perspective on it was that maybe they were their guides or um they really didn't say much um they were just kind of there and in, in a way, like almost like holding the energy of the space. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so have have, I, you,
0: ever, have you ever tried to call them back?
2: I have thought about it. Um.
0: <laughs> I'm just curious, you know, like, I don't know, maybe that like there's something there that, you know, you're connect reconnecting to their experience and that experience. And like, it could be healed. You know, that's what just popped into my head, like thinking about it.
2: Yeah, I, I've thought about it. I've been thinking more about it. Um, I, I have felt like reservation around it. Just, I think the way that my brain kind of operates is like, I kind of wanted maybe to like piece through all of it. So just maybe for my own confidence. Um, I don't know. I it's something there's a resistance there, and I'm not sure exactly why. Um
0: well oh, I mean it's a traumatic event. I'm sure, you know, it's gonna stir up stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I that's the only thing I could imagine is just like it's a huge trauma. And I mean, yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I would necessarily wanna like put myself uh back. In in that situation, maybe. But you said something also about your grandmother and like you, you said you didn't know exactly what it was that she said, but you had a feeling like an idea of what it meant. And yeah, like, can you share like what that feeling was?
2: Yeah, it was it was this sense of safety and love. But the the love, it felt different than what we kind of perceive love to be here. Like, here I think we really associate love with this, like, idea of, like, kind of romance and and codependence. and, (laughs) And it wasn't that. It was very just, like, solid, grounded. Like, it just is. And I... It, it was so interesting to me. I, I was angry uh, for, and or, you know, just kind of perplexed for a long time about why she turned me around. Like, why did she make me look at the scene? And because it was like, I she kind of like forcefully did it because I was like, I was just starting to reach for what was behind her, for that mm-hmm. tunnel. And, she turned me around and I, I now, since in the last few years that, you know, I've really kind of gotten more into and like opening up into like the, my spiritual side, um, the amount of information and lessons that I've been able to really piece apart and understand just by the understanding that that realm is right. Here, like it's like Russian nesting dolls, like they're just. It's not. Mm-hmm. This, it's not this God in the sky, you know, sitting on a throne. Uh, it, it's right here, right now. It's interactive. It's, it and like the what I thought were the, the fundamental boundaries of reality aren't actually fundamental boundaries. It's just where we're experiencing it based on where our consciousness is. And being able to like, know that intimately know that as my lived experience, as I've seen spirituality get more and more popular and more trendy and, and Mm -hmm. people starting to do this work, I see where a lot of people in their journey, there's a level of difficulty in, in some of that journey that I feel like I was spared. Now it's difficult in a different way, but I, I know in my, the fiber of my being, what I'm moving towards. I've experienced the ability to hold the most intense confusion and the most intense love at the same time. And that's Mm. acted as like, a guiding light for, and it's really helped me to understand discernment on, on a really like a level that I see a lot of people struggle with or trying to find their way to, towards. And yeah, I, I mean, the being able to like unpack that was like, it really, really just important to the journey. Um, wow. Yeah. It's,
1: Go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. I just – I think that's such a, like, beautiful experience to be able to, like, hold those two things at the same time and also something you said about, um you know, just people on their spiritual journey, like, thinking like they have – like, it's – there's something separate between, you know, us and this kind of eternal um universal like love source god whatever you want to call it um the idea that it's just actually right here and um we do have access to it we just have these like limitations in our awareness uh i think that's like that's a good way of describing it and i wonder if <clears throat> like because i think i also see people who practice spirituality but the way they kind of talk about it is like they're these like supreme beings because they've done all this work and they're these like – they're somehow closer to God than you are. Um, <laughs> and like this – there's like a – yeah, like a, a bit – I think we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit, but I kind of do want to dig into that. Um, you know, but- I I see people like that and it, you know, freaks me out. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, but – do you feel like you're able to kind of like see that in other people or what is your like yeah. what is what are your thoughts on that stuff
2: i i feel like the levels that we we try to give our power away and externalize our own internal universe is there's so many levels there's so many layers and i see people in their own, whether it's spiritual ego or, or whatever label, you know, bypassing or whatever it is, um, where they're still very concerned with what that externally looks like and wanting and getting their, their deep, dark shadow self, getting those needs met by people, by being the one that has the answer, by being the one that people are looking to, by being the one that like knows the thing and and I look at that a lot of times with people and and to me it's it's clear the where the wounding is it's and it's okay that's not a there's no like wounding is really ultimately just neutral it's just something mm-hmm. that we're holding on to that we've built a story and a narrative around but really that's where the beauty is that's where when you double down into that part of yourself, you really get to know God. But I see people that even, you know, they say all the spiritual words and they have, you know, maybe they have a big account or whatever it is. And you can kind of see where they're still looking for that. They want to be the good boy or the good girl. And they want to, they're just kind of coloring it in a new, they're wrapping it in a new package. Yeah. They're
1: seeking like their parents' approval (laughs) or something, you know, in in this other yeah identity, like equal yet
2: belonging.
1: different way and i I think it's it is like there's nothing wrong with that I think it's a part of the journey, and we're all still you know dealing with the wounding like you mentioned um, yeah but i yeah, guess, I just beautiful. think like there's something uh, i don't know i I hate the idea that people like like somebody has the answers and somebody knows the thing and like I just feel like it trips people up and maybe it's because it tripped me up on like my journey is like trying to listen to what other people did or practice the way that they practice and like follow the rules, (laughs) um, if you will. And I think it just like, it, it made me really insecure, I think for a long time, um, that I wasn't like getting there and, um, I don't know, like I get it. It's part of their journey too, but I try. I, when d- I don't know. know. I, I guess I judge it a little more harshly than you do. You seem so like
2: able to hold space for all of it, you know. Oh, there's certainly times where you know things can get under my skin. I I try to. I like when I'm working with people or just have even conversations with friends. Um, the point isn't for that person to soothe an aching part of myself. I I want to always double down on taking responsibility like soothing my own self. And so when I work with people, my goal is always how do I direct them back to themselves? Like they have the answers. I feel like healers were here we're here to be like just aids in the process of you know, you're, it's tough to start to like, trust yourself in the energetic realms and to see, conceive of the power that you truly do hold. And, you know, I mean, we're so afraid of our own power that we are constantly trying to give it away to someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think
1: that's, (laughs) that's, that's that's very true to me.
0: (laughs) That means like, you have to be responsible. And I think that's the biggest thing is like people don't want to be responsible for, you know, whatever, you know, and it comes to every you could look at anything like from food to your health to, you know, your education, your knowledge. It's like, you know, everyone wants to have a steak, but how many people want to take care of a cow? (laughs) You know, it's like, it's work. It's like, you have to, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to realize your limitations. You have to, you know, it's a, it's, it's much more, you know, harder to look at yourself, you know, like really give an honest opinion of like where you're at and like what you're lacking. And, you know, I think it's hard for people. the, The honesty
2: is the biggest piece. It's the biggest part. Like, because there's levels to it. And then there's levels you bump up to, like, what's socially acceptable. Like, can I really be honest with my thing when I also have this this story playing that if, if, if I admit this to myself, everyone will see this on me. They'll know this about me. And, like, that's not acceptable. Like, we trap ourselves in layers upon layers of boxes just, just to try to feel safe in this relatively chaotic and crazy experiment that we call Earth. <laughs> and it's it's been an interesting journey. I kind of I decided to, like it's, a few years ago, I'll kind of when I uh, I guess this <laughs> tracking this in my mind of like where to start at this story. Um, but when I so when I went through that, experience and I was young and it was, I tried very hard to fit in like the normal boxes and be the normal person and to do all the right things. And Mm -hmm. it was, it always came up short. There was always something like I found very early on that what this reality has to offer is a mere facade to the truth that actually exists now there's there's echoes of that truth here in this reality but you've it's you, this that's part of the experience right it's like digging through and trying to find like what's the thread what's really true here and I had a stint in christianity and I mean I've done kind of like all around the block and about 5 years ago I was in 2012, I tried to commit suicide, and ended up on all uh, like anti-anxiety, anti-depression meds, um, and that worked for a few years. I, you know, there's a place where Western medicine is good, mm-hmm. and it can get you over the hump, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I got to a place for me where I was like, I know that I know in my heart of hearts that this is not what this experience, this is not all there is to it. But nothing in my reality was matching that back to me. So I was just slogging along. And I I finally, in like a, a moment of desperation, I had been reading about psychedelic mushrooms and how they're what they were helping with people with PTSD and depression, anxiety, and all the things. And I just kind of I set an intention, but at the time I didn't know that's what I was doing, that Mm -hmm. that was if that could help me for it to show up in my life. And we had just moved into a house we were renting and the neighbor grew mushrooms. (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you didn't yeah. even realize you were setting that intention, but you
2: know, yeah. It... Wow. Just desperate. And I was very nervous. Uh, I started with micro dosing and uh, like worked my way up very slowly. And I remember the first time I did like a, a, a slightly larger dose and had a trip experience that it was so similar to my near death experience. It was the closest thing I had ever felt that was similar in that ability to be able to hold kind of to view yourself with a little more space and to have more of that love and, and to feel like there was somebody there that knew what was going on. You know, you feel that kind of guided sense. Mm-hmm. And that was life changing for me. That was like, I knew it. I, I knew there was something more. And like, where does this go? And that that was a like a solid couple years of like really using psychedelics as a tool to I would go in and work on whatever trauma I could find and how to clear it and how to move it. And I felt like I was being guided in in where to go and how to do it and how you know, and then the integration process. and mm-hmm. it just it absolutely changed my life and it opened me up then to, all of this possibility that's now in the world, like everything that we're, the fact that I get to sit here and talk to the two of you about this is wild to me. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. You, yeah. you think, um, like working in that space allows you, the more you work with that space, the more you can bring that space without psychedelics.
2: Yeah. So that's it that's been interesting so i relied pretty heavily on psychedelics for probably probably 3 years like i was just like very actively like it, it was my safety net to go into these spaces that i i didn't feel safe on my own to go into you know i would lose myself in the depression and and things like that um so and then i as i was kind of I, you know, they're so good that I feel like the spirit war realm is so, and your guides are so, they really are so good at at giving you the messages and giving you the information. It's, it, it's very visceral uh, the way that they seem to do it, but it, they are effective. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> I started learning about Kabbalah and the tree of life and not that i i don't subscribe to any one particular path cuz i like kind of like i said like i think that there's a facade of reality but then there are these pieces of truth in everything and i'm looking for that in whatever the thing is mm-hmm. and so i find that the way my guides a lot of times talk to me is they like bring information and then there's like just one thing about it that i go like ah okay now i file that and there was something in and this i don't even know that this is really what the Kabbalistic tree of life, it's kind of what it's saying, but not really. Um, But that I it made me realize I looked at it it as like, okay, if this is the human body, and if psychedelics jump you from this level to this level, we have to be able to go back through and to really integrate it into if you want to call it our lower chakras, or just our experience, we have to there has to be a way to start to build it up from the the underneath. Otherwise, you're going to lose all of the energy and all of the potential of the experiences that you had. By You're like jump cut, right? Jess always calls it a jump cut. You can't jump cut. So I found that psychedelics were this tool to help give me perspective, but then the work was, okay, how do I bridge this gap? And the gap has become this really like tender process of very slowly and gently turning over all the pages of my own story and my own pain and trauma and all of that to go through that at in, within the confines of time in the reality that we're in while also having the perspective that the mushrooms were able to show me and that you can do this, you can go on this journey and you can do it with love and curiosity and you can turn over all of those pages and you can connect this together.
1: Yeah. Okay. That is, that is like so interesting to me because like I definitely, like I definitely you know, tripped mushrooms when I was like a teenager and had no idea what it's like getting myself into um, you know, a couple of times as like a little bit older, like in my twenties. And I've microdosed more recently, but I <clears throat> I guess I never like used it intentionally as a tool until like the microdosing, I was actually like setting some intention there. Um, but I think if everyone kind of heard your story just then and looked at, you know, using it like slowly and gently over time, rather than just trying to like trip your balls off and like try to see God or whatever, like, because I had really scary experiences that like make me not want to use mushrooms, you know, (laughs) like I had like bad trips that make me feel like that's probably not for me. And maybe it's not, you know, it's not for everybody, but I think something about like Yeah, I think you can use it as a tool intentionally, like, work yourself up. Um, (laughs) And the other thing about no jump cuts, like, I literally wrote that down. (laughs) You have to go back and apply it to these other, like, you know, parts of yourself. You can't just, you know, skip ahead. I mean, I I know people call it, like, spiritual bypassing, but – I think you can't really help but do that sometimes because you're just trying to seek like some comfort or some validation or peace or whatever. Um you know, yeah, you don't always like, realize like that's what you're doing.
2: Yeah, in some ways I feel like spiritual bypassing isn't even real cuz we all do <laughs> we all do the best that we can with what we've got. And if it's if we don't have the tools to process something, we're then we can't do that. Mm. But I think with the... I lost my train of thought. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, there, where it kind of derails is that the ultimate, at least in my opinion, like the ultimate thing is that you, there's a willingness, there's a deep, willingness and honesty. Like you have to want to know your story. Every detail. No page unturned. Even though when some of those pages happened and you were young and it was too much for you to process and your nervous system shut down and you bottled it away, you did the best that you could with what you had then. Now... Now you're bearing witness to the life that you've lived. Now you're showing up in service to yourself first. And that, when, when I think when that is your chief operating principle, you may bypass some things at certain moments in time because you're just not ready. But when you're driving towards that light, you're going to you're going to want to look at all of those parts of yourself. You're going to want to be able to hold all of yourself in love.
0: Yeah. Well. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like I have so many thoughts now. I don't know what, like where to go. With like, I'm, up
1: with where you like you're, like, where you're,
0: you're hitting up. a new level. Definitely <laughs> a new level. Um, I just think like, I think about like my first You know, of course, like I listened to too much Terrence McKenna and like was like, you know, I got to take a heroic dose and like talk to God and just have like my soul ripped out of my body. And I mean, my first like serious mushroom trip, like when I think about it, it feels like almost like God was like yelling and throwing up at me at the same time. Like that's how much... (laughs) like it, it felt like such a shock and like, like my whole like soul was like ripped out of my body type thing. And there was always this like duality theme of like heaven and hell, mm-hmm. you know? And I always like super analyze that for some reason. Cause it's just like, why am I like, I don't even feel like I was that religious to have that, mm-hmm. you know? And it's funny. Cause I, this is weird, but I was watching (laughs) Pee Wee Herman with my kids the other day, which is like one of my favorite childhood movies. And there's a lot of themes of like burning in hell and stuff like that. And I always think like, was it the movies that programmed me, but I'm going off on tangents. I don't even know where I was going with this, but um, I think it's definitely important to kind of like go gently. You know, it was always this theme of like, jumping into the abyss but it's like if you're not ready it's gonna like mess you up you know and that trip alone i remember messing me up for like two years of mm-hmm. like analyzing like every second every moment like and it was like an eternity you know yeah. so it's not like I, I feel like it's important i don't want to sound like a nerd but it. it <laughs> you know, if you're going to mess with this stuff, like know what you're doing and definitely take the time to like be gentle with yourself. And like, yeah, it, all it does is like, to me, it magnifies like, almost like your subconscious. And it's like, every little nook and cranny of like your childhood and your like programs and your religion, it's going to come up, you know. And then in terms of like micro dosing, I feel like it's just such a it's such a gentler way to like kind of look at things and um, you know, I microdose and I feel like the biggest thing I get from it is like this, like it's like your consciousness almost flows better. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like a, it's like, instead of you getting stuck in like these ideas or these thoughts, it's like you can feel it and kind of breathe and like move through it. You know?
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm able to be like more gentle with myself with, like, you know, when I'm using the microdose, like, I think it's easier for me to not be so hard on myself. And, um, like, even, like, yeah, I think it's just it's – I'm able to be more present with myself rather than, like, constantly critical, (laughs) which is kind of how my brain, like, operates. Um,
2: There's some – I like to think of the – the mushrooms as like, so you have all these ingrained neural pathways that, okay, yes, that's a physiological response to emotional trauma, physical trauma, however it occurs. So there's this link now where we're talking about the emotions. So this is more of this energetic space. And we're talking about these neural pathways. So here's this like physical embodiment of your lived experience. And the mushrooms, the psilocybin, they are able to, you've got your neural pathway. This is how I respond in this situation. This is the trigger that comes up when this happens. This is the path. This is what I do day in, day out, this is who I am. This is my personality. This is everything I know about myself. And the psilocybin comes in even at a micro dose level. And it starts to create off ramps. So now it's like, oh, well, maybe I don't have to respond this way. Or maybe even just the question of why do I respond this way? Mm -hmm. And with Pete, with what you were saying about this that intense experience in ruby having some difficult experiences um certainly i have certainly had some some difficult experiences
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
2: but i think even with those there's there's almost more that you can learn in those but that but you don't have to learn it that way you're gonna learn about yourself when you when you are committed to knowing yourself you're going to reality and your guides and everything is gonna present all of the opportunities for which for you to know yourself deeper. Uh so we you know you don't have to rip the band-aid off you don't have to do the heroic dose oh. if you choose that there's gonna just you're just you're processing a lot more information a lot quickly.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, taking the express train instead of the local. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like I, that was the thing. It's like I, it. Well, I definitely had an ego death in that experience as well. So I think that was like the shock of like this aware you, you know, because you have such a paradigm. Like if you're raised by m- most the religions, it's like you have this paradigm of like what God is. And even if, even if you like, I always had a hint of like, Oh, this doesn't seem right. You know, but like you always have that program in your head, just from your family, your society, everything. So it's like when you have that program and then all of a sudden you have this like experience of, you know, it's like words don't teach when you have the awareness where you're like, wait a second I'm not just me I'm everybody or like wait a second am I Jesus you know like, <laughs> yeah. those like awarenesses because it's like you you can't learn that you have to like feel it and then when you do feel it you're like holy shit like I understand everything you know like you know and that's that like even with your near-death experience it's like, you know, the physical realm is like the blanket covering the answer, you know, it's like, so when you're out of that physical awareness, it's like you feel kind of the the ocean of God, if you mm-hmm. will, yeah. over everybody. And it's like, there's just this like, this like layer of knowing that you can't really experience until you experience it, you know?
2: Yeah. It's like that deep gnosis. Like it's just part of you.
0: Yeah. And then you're changed forever
2: mm-hmm.
0: because you've had it like, Oh, okay. I understand this. Like, you know, cause like, I feel like when you mostly the Abrahamic religions, obviously it's like God is kind of always taught as like a separate entity to us. And maybe that's because in this realm, you kind of feel that, mm-hmm.
2: but like, the yeah. tr- you know,
0: the truth is nothing separate in, in some layer we're all together, you know? So it's like, when you, when you have that awareness, it's like, oh, it's such a, it's such a shift because it, dest- it kind of destroys all the structures in your life, you know, like even everything, you know, even like, your gender, your race, your, you know, it's like everything that you thought separated us really means nothing when you get to that layer.
1: Yeah, all the opinions you've spent like your life kind of figuring out like where you stand on issues, like when you have a moment where you realize like we're all the same, like there, there is some, you know, like in, infinite like, tie between everyone. It's like we're not separate when you can really sense that, which, like, to me, like the, the moments I've had like that are, are so fleeting. And like, I know it's there, but I don't, it's really hard for me to like be in that space, I think. But yeah, you, you have to start questioning, like, why do I, like, why would I ever care about like politics or like, you know, it's like, why do I need to have an opinion
2: on anything? Like, <laughs> strict, um, no label policy I love in that my life. I and it's wild because I see uh, so many especially young people and I, I have two kids I have a 14 year old and a nine year old and everyone wants to label themselves whether that's with like a mental illness or identity or political whatever or you know there's just there's anywhere you look you can find a label for yourself mm-hmm. and when I see someone that's like really into labeling themselves, uh, that, that tells me so much about where they're at on their journey of self-love because they're still so externalizing it. They want to belong somewhere. They want to have an identity. They want someone to tell them who they are and fit them in a box and say, just fill this box. And this is all that you are. Mm -hmm. And it's, I I got frustrated with it and, in my own life and went, like, I just, no labels. Like, I don't, I'm nothing. I, <laughs> I'm everything and nothing. And I'm not subscribing to anything. And it gave me such, like, freedom and flexibility to just, like, be. Mm-hmm. And it seemed so much easier. And, like, then all of a sudden, like, reality gets a lot more... Humorous, really. Like it starts to become lighter and more, you know, because you're not attaching. Like I'm not attaching my identity to what somebody else set up as a box for me to put myself in. Mm -hmm. So now I just get to kind of like laugh at all of it, and it it's just more joyful. It's more silly. It's more gentle.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like I, me, and Ruby were kind of talking about this a little bit yesterday. Is like, um. You know, when you put limitations on anything, it's like it confines its its power. It's almost like, you know, when somebody worships Mother Mary, it's like you're limiting your view of God to that identity, you know, where it's like, and you can kind of relate that to anything. It's like the more you um, structure something or uh, make it like a system. It's like you're limited by whatever that system is, you know? Cause nice. I was even, I've been even thinking about just from doing like, I was doing a lot of like work with like planets and stuff like that. And I was thinking, it made me think like maybe even like the chakra system limits us in some way mm-hmm. or another. I you think it does. I was, like our astrology, like people, we were talking about like astrology and how people you know, some people believe like your planets are kind of like your karma, but maybe they're just like your limitations, you know?
2: Yeah, I agree. I I think there's, there's stuff, there's threads of truth in all of this, And if something like, if you cross something, if somebody learns astrology and at that stage where they're at, it makes them feel uh, motivated to, con- you know, help them to see themselves more clearly and they can, you know, run with that. Cool. If they want to give like all their power to it and say, no, this is what I am. I'm actually going to bend and conform myself to be everything that a Virgo says that, <laughs> that a Virgo is, right? Like. That now, So you, now you're walking this line between, is this empowering me or am I giving it my power? And w- I think we have to ask that question around every single thing that we kind of come into contact right now at this, at this level where we're all learning discernment and we're learning who we are and we're figuring out how to, what does it mean to be awake? What does 5D mean? Is that, because that's just another label. That's just another identity. So For me, it just all came back to all of this is tools. All of this that exists outside of me externally is a tool for me to know myself better. And the better that I know myself, the more honest I can get with myself, then I'm going to attract other people that are on that same journey, that are in that same place. And then now we're able to offer each other our tools. And Mm -hmm that as like a healer you know when I do sessions with people like ultimately that's the the goal of like okay cool like here's my box of toys let me see your box of toys <laughs> make what works for you remember like remember you this is your journey this is my journey like you you know none of this has to be uh you know not going to tell anybody like what to do or how to do it but just like hey this is what I have figured out what have you figured out
1: yeah I love that, like, showing each other, like, our box of toys. Um, That's, yeah, because that's exactly, I think, like, what we're trying to do on the podcast and, like, just, I mean, anytime I've, like, given someone, like, a tarot reading or told them about their, like, astrology chart, (laughs) um, I feel like I learned something about myself, you know, and probably just as much as they, like, whatever they get out of it, I usually get just as much out of it if you you know think about it oh,
2: yeah. um, I, I really believe like i don't know if there's i can't remember what principle this is tied to but it's like that learn teach like it's goes hand in hand i'm gonna i'm gonna learn just as much from teaching as i am from someone's gonna learn from teaching me and it we're just we're in this like very symbiotic relationship
0: definitely
2: well, that's how it should be i think in my opinion yeah
0: yeah well, you, yeah. you you attract your clients, you know. I think, like, every client I have, I kind of, you know, you learn something or, like, why they're holding certain things or how they're holding things. And, like, the more you you work, the more you see, like, I guess, general rules in terms of certain things and, like, how the mechanics of things. Like, I feel like just from teaching mediumship in the last year, I've learned, like, so much – on like how people connect and like what limits them and what people understand and what they don't understand and like the common thread of like programming from culture and like what they expect you to, you know, like a lot of people think mediums are just like seeing dead people running around all the time. And, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's it's not like uh, the movies where like there's all these ghosts just trying to talk to you and, st- you know, like.
2: I thought that for like a long time longer than I'd like to admit um, I, I literally thought I was like doing mediumship wrong uh, or that it wasn't mediumship because I was like well but as, how do I know like what's the experience they're having because I... <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it's true I mean people think like it's supposed to be like this like grand experience and it's you know I think it's much more like palpable and like um common or like everyday type stuff. It's not you know, the movies. Things
2: are so much more subtle in than like we think they should be. I think I don't know if it's like the conditioning from movies or the fact that like we are in physical bodies right now and so we, you know, are touching the table and you know, can see ourselves. But like I don't everything Everything else, it's like such a subtle process, Mm -hmm. such a subtle process. And I find that like time, the idea of time really starts to become a tool when we get like really okay with the subtleness of the process. Because then time is like, it just comes in as like, here, we're going to just like slowly unfold this maybe emotional reaction that you're having so you can really take a look at all the pieces and the layers of this emotional reaction so you can really know it so you can really clear it so then time starts to be this like tool for you but it's like you have to be willing to trust the subtlety which is hard
0: yeah well it's Mm -hmm. like it's like gradual steps it's like You know, when you first start kind of working on yourself, there's like these obvious issues, like almost like emotional reactions. Like uh, I would feel like anger was my go to emotion, you know, but like once you pick that anger apart, it's like, oh, there's like these miniature parts connected to other issues from like memories or um, past trauma. And it's like every time you pick something out, it's like you can see clearer it's almost like you're. it's opening your view you know like right now you see like right in front of you and there's anger and then like once you peel that away it's like your vision gets wider and there's like these little subtleties to the point where you know now you're like wow i didn't even know i did this you know and then like you start to pick apart all these little things and i mean i i don't know i always go back to the parents because i feel like they're the ones that program <laughs> yeah. the most yeah. People will listen to this podcast probably tired of hearing about like how much our parents affect us, but
2: it's it's so true though. I mean, it is, you come as like a new human and here are these like adults that are like, Hey, this is how you human. I mean, there's, and they have no idea how human they've just been bumbling around longer. So it's like, it's going to be crazy.
0: Yeah, no. Um, Yeah. I mean, I always think about it too, even. I'm sure you do. You're a parent. It's like, I always think like, how am I affecting them? You know, like oh, that time I, I, I like kids. smashed something because I was angry. Like, is that going to be a core memory for my son? <laughs>
2: like, I told like my kids that uh, I was like, you don't have a college fund. You have a therapy fund. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I mean, how do you feel like this helps you or serves you as a parent?
2: Um. I, th- I think that it definitely serves, I think I'm able to have more communication with my kids around their own emotional regulation and their own experience in reality and how to, you know, when they have interactions with friends or you know, just the the schools and how it can be chaotic. And a lot of times I look at like, what's going on. And I'm like, there's nobody, nobody's in charge. And like, everything kind of defaults to the least emotionally mature person in the room. That's true <laughs> of families, that's true of, of, uh, you know, a school community. That's, at least that's my what I've, think anyway
1: that's why people say like their dog is like you know the dog runs the house or whatever because it's like they literally just like will bark and whatever you know unless they're very well trained you know (laughs) they're probably the least emotionally emotionally mature mature in the room (laughs)
2: yeah that's it'll bring because everybody has to meet that person that and that person is going to dictate the emotional health of everyone else that comes into contact with and I find that like the stories I'll hear from like the school and like nobody's in charge, the adults are not in charge. Like, cause nobody is doing this work on themselves. So they're <laughs> just, now you're just in a hall of mirrors of everyone projecting and throwing. You've got kids throwing their stuff on each other and you've got teachers and administrators kind of also in the same mix and parents of other kids. Like I, I meet other parents and I am I'm generally quite stunned. I, I don't <laughs> feel like we have much in common. Yeah. Like, we're very, very differently in the world. Well, what yeah. do you think, think that looks like?
1: History. You know, like how like can you give like a specific example of like Yes,
2: I can. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <Something just laughs> I feel like you have, have a good story. <laughs> oh man. So this past week, um, my son's fourteen. And there was a girl that took quite a fancy to him. He had the conversation that he was not interested in dating or anything like that. And she was very persistent. Like she was like texting him. We found out about 70 times a day. And, uh, she, um, she was like making all these plans for them to do stuff. And, and he was going like, I can't, like, I have other obligations. Like, so it just felt like a lot. And so I'm trying to help him navigate it on, on the home front because I've not met this girl and I, I don't want my son to be, you know, to hurt anyone or, or to be unkind, right? So I'm trying to teach him about how you communicate your boundaries while being sensitive and caring, but also being willing to stand up and honor what your boundaries are. So we have this conversation and... Uh, they, like loosely talked about it at school. He said he wasn't very comfortable like she would like to hang on him like when she would see him or and like all the text messaging and the calling and all of this. So he felt like it had been addressed That night uh, so this was last Wednesday. I am downstairs in my room getting ready to go to my Reiki class and I hear all of this commotion upstairs and my my husband's upstairs, kids are up there. We have, like, a three-level split, so it's, like, that's, the upstairs is the main floor. So, and I hear what sounds like a mom talking, and the mother of this daughter, of this girl, uh, brought her her daughter, and the daughter has a twin, so t- her two girls, uh, and just walked in my house. What? Like, what? just, just walked in my house my husband was sitting at we have like a kitchen island and he was on his phone he said he just turned around and they were like standing behind him
1: and i wonder if the daughter has poor boundaries like
2: (laughs) well oh yeah it gets better yeah so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree so i hear i and i i'm like well i'm not going upstairs i'm not dealing with whatever this is so i left chris my husband to fend for it um and I hear this mom basically not stop talking for like twenty five minutes, like that. Her giving her a whole life story, and that doesn't totally surprise me. I do find when you start to work on yourself and your vibration starts to increase, when people, when you run into people that are uh, not quite there, their density starts to just spill out of them. So I'm I'm pretty comfortable and used to people like running into me and telling me like everything about themselves Mm -hmm. and I I kind of like it so you know it's good (laughs) so I'm hearing this happen and then Chris like (laughs) finagles excusing himself said he had to get on a call so the mom leaves and one of the daughters leaves and Noah is the the one that is very interested in him is still at our house and so he comes downstairs he's all flustered Chris is flustered so, told Noah, my son, to take, go for a walk and just reiterate your boundaries. Like, this is really, and, and we're all, even me, I'm reeling as well. I'm like, this is insane. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sounding very calm right now, but I was like, I don't, this is above my pay grade. Is there an adult? I can <laughs> <laughs> So, they go on the walk and ha- they're talking, whatever, and I'm just about to walk out the door for my class when they come in and instantly the girl is, well, I just want to let you know that we had plans and Noah forgot. And and so she, there was like this manipulation in her tone of like, now she's pinning it on my son. And, and I just made a joke about like young people working on communication or something. And she goes, well, let me stop you right there. We are not dating. And we, you know, everyone thinks we're dating, but we're not dating. I was like, okay, well, I have not mentioned anything about you dating. And it was so it was like thing after thing. She was like pillar to post and all over the place. And and all I could feel in her words and in the energy was this like extreme emotional manipulation. Now, okay, yes. Can I dig deeper into that and say there's some major red flags here? Uh, there's something going on at home for sure. But my priority is not to entangle myself with, that particular situation because that's not my that's not my backyard to clean up my yard is to keep my son safe in this situation and to talk to him about boundaries and about you know that within because it's kids have phones now and are sending pictures and everything else uh, you've got to worry about. You know, if this girl decides to send my son an inappropriate picture, well, in the eyes of the law, Mm. my son now has child porn on his phone. Um, You know, that didn't happen, but now we have to go through the process of okay, we need to block her number and we need to also let the school know that there's been some like some questionable behavior. And, you know, it's like you have to kind of, I always feel like when things happen in our physical reality, it takes so much energy for that thing to physically manifest that there's so much, so many layers of things that are intertwined into any specific moment. And so ultimately, like, this is a neutral thing that's happened. Anything I believe that anything that happens in physical reality is ultimately neutral, and then we assign value to it based on our own (coughs) trauma or our own stories or our own boundaries and so the objective then becomes okay how do we strip all of this away how do we know where our trauma is being triggered in a situation how do we know where our boundaries or where we want our boundaries to exist in a situation where do these things actually live taking all the emotions of this is an insane situation is happening and go, okay, what, what's the brass tacks here? What, what is it play? What energy is trying to come up and be seen right now? And how do I, how do we effectively move that? So with my son, I basically got to take him through that process in real time because he was feeling overwhelmed. Like he's, he was like, having trouble sleeping and just feeling all this anxiety because he felt like this girl was like not going to leave him alone and he didn't know what to do. Um, So, yeah. So it kind of became like, a, this is what we're dealing with. This is what the energy is. Like if energy doesn't lie, you can take anything, you can break it down. Mm-hmm. And that to me at least gives me a feeling of empowerment of like, okay, like, we can break this down and we can break it down without judging it, without judging ourselves, without judging someone else and just go, what are my boundaries and what's happening? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, he obviously was picking up on her like, <clears throat> like attachment and her kind of like manipulation. And of course, that's giving him anxiety. But, he, you know, like most of the time, especially when we're starting, like, especially when you're a teenager everything feels, like, kind of your fault, like, or at least it did for me, like, I would be, you know, if I have anxiety, like, there must be something wrong with me, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just there to tell, like, to warn you, like, this situation, like, is, you know, (laughs) it's getting out of
2: hand. Um, No, spot on, like, spot on, yeah, it's not... Uh, and Don, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz has a uh, the book The Four Agreements, and I love that book. And one of the four agreements is don't take it personal. And we as humans, we take literally everything personal. I know. <laughs> ourselves, even our own stories. Like we take our own thoughts about ourselves personally. And if we can unwind that, and we can get to a place where we, like, for me, I think of, like, okay, I know that I am an aspect of source consciousness. I'm an aspect of God. And the aspect of God that I am, and what I believe everyone is, is love and curiosity. That's it. Everything else outside of that is uh, an experience that I have chosen to have and understand about myself, and a narrative I've built around it. And I can... Pick it apart and look at it, and examine it, and actually transmute the energy. I can alchemize the energy of of anything because I know that I am nothing but love and curiosity at my core.
0: How do you how do you hold that? Well, first off, I was gonna say, definitely a better parent than me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: Usually, I, mean, usually I we just, nice like, because... Anna got into a fight with a boy on the bus. I told her, "Kick him right in the nuts." <laughs> <laughs>
2: We've had those, we've had those fights. Sometimes it
1: does come down to that. Like, (laughs)
2: yeah, Yeah. my son got suspended earlier this year, uh, because some kids were picking on him and, and we have a policy in our house that they put your hand, their hands on you. You have carte blanche to put your hands on
0: my kids that I actually, I actually shifted my perspective into if they're in your personal space, you have the right Mm -hmm. to, like, if you feel uncomfortable. You will never get in trouble with me. I don't care what your teacher says. I don't care what your principal says. If you don't feel comfortable and they're inside your personal space, do whatever you have to.
2: Yeah, same. We have the same policy. Because there's times where it's like, I keep these kids safe. They've got to feel like they can stand up for themselves and be. If somebody got in my personal space, as an adult and, or made me feel anyway, like you best believe like you're, you're going to know I'm not pleased with that scenario.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Um, and now I lost my train of thought, but, uh, what were we talking about? What were you just saying? Cause it was something I wanted to talk.
1: You were about. asking something about holding space or she just saying like, she knows at the core, like we're all just love and curiosity. And then you said, I'm, I think you were going somewhere about like transmuting that energy and, something I don't know you started you started a question and then you went back so I don't know, exactly <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say but that's where we kind of were we, like we were at love and curiosity
2: um, I love that you have like a memory for this Ruby <laughs> I, it is like the one thing about podcasting I'm like I have no idea where we I we're practice this a lot in my life because I constantly forget like what
1: I'm doing in the middle of it and so I have to like trace things back you know like I have to <laughs>
2: I, love, I value that in a human <laughs>
0: ADHD, it's just like, my brain has like a thousand questions based on everything you've talked about. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's what it was. All right. I got it. <laughs> there it goes. Um, so like, how do you, so there's times where I'm definitely aggressive or like confrontational. Like my wife yelled at me, there's this kid who picks on my daughter sometimes on the bus. My son actually got involved too. Like he, you know, obviously was protecting his sister. But you know, I could be ruthless. You know, like my wife got mad at me. I'm like, just tell him you need attention because your mom doesn't love you. Like, just I'm ruthless. (laughs) Like, but you know, you seem to be like very in the um, observer perspective instead of like in it. You know, like. You know, like yeah. part of me just wants to go on the bus and like rip the kid off the bus and throw him in the, you know, like, but it's like, you seem like to have such a, a great way of being in the observer perspective. So how do you do that?
2: So I'll tell you, I actually, this is something I really worked on. Um, I would hear teachers talk about being the observer of your emotions of your life and all this stuff. And like, that. that was like a first step towards, you know, working on whatever, healing. And I would get so annoyed because I was like, well, what does that even mean? And I came up with this little trick that uh, I call it installing the tripwire. And basically, I, I started off the first week, I set an alarm on my phone to go off every two hours. And when the alarm would go off, I would just take a quick pause. And what am I doing? Where am I at? Or where am I at? What am I doing? And how am I feeling? And it would be like at first I was, you know, you're just you're just taking stock, right? And it's a grounding exercise. It pulls you back into your reality. It pulls it back into your body. Mm-hmm. And very quick. And then on about whatever I was doing. By the second. Second week, towards the end of the second week, I didn't need the alarm. My mind, my brain was like, just remembering to kind of pause and take stock throughout the day. And then what started to happen was when those intense emotions started to show up, what if I was, if I found I was mad about something, especially anger, because anger is such a heavy, dense emotion like when when you're in anger you're in it like you're you can't even fathom that you may at some point ever not be angry (laughs)
1: yeah that's a that is exactly how it is because i think for me to like actually physically express anger out in the world like i'm fucking pissed i've like reached a limit there's no like calm down take a breather like i'm you know like it's <laughs> it's yeah, kind of explosive because i I think i suppress it a lot right and i think a lot mm-hmm. of people probably do because it's really not acceptable to like throw things or punch people or, you know like you you can't really show your anger the way you want to most of the time like i don't know so it builds yeah, up
0: but... see like that's my problem with anger too is like i feel like i like it <laughs> Anger's you know? a, like a con- anger's like i like the energy of like confrontation it's like this like push and pull like it's Mm -hmm. like not sometimes I feel like I'm not even mad I just like the like you know you think this well I think this like (laughs) you know and it just like feels like a I mean it kind of feels like sexual and it's like very like passionate like you're you're like I believe this or you know whatever and it's it I don't know I I like it sometimes and it's hard to like get out of that identity of like wanting that
2: i i think honestly pete i think that in some ways like that's almost a more healthy attitude uh ruby i tend to be more similar to you where when i'm angry like it like wants to shut down or like over the top or i can't find a a way to make it like a useful energy Mm -hmm. for myself all the time But with Pete, so by doing this, like, tripwire, what I found was that it would just create enough space in my system for me to, like, either course correct and go, oh, holy shit, I'm in the middle of, like, I'm angry because... Uh, this very trivial situation is actually sparking this like very deep wound that I have. So I'm going to go ahead and address that wound and then come back and deal with the appropriate level of anger for this, <laughs> this bullshit over here. Right? <laughs> so with what you're saying, Pete, even in that, I think it's almost like it just gives you a little more awareness to go like, uh, is this really like worth? Do I really want to be like having this back and forth right now? I do? Okay, cool. I'm gonna continue. Or uh actually like this isn't what I wanna do. And neither are right or wrong. It nothing's right. It's just awareness. You're just putting awareness on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing
1: about observation or like being the observer that I think was like is still like the hardest for me to practice because I think, you know, just the way I tend to look at things is pretty analytical. And I do want to assign some kind of, like, truth or value or good or bad. Like, I want to be able to kind of, like, categorize it and file it away somehow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, like, just observing, you know, with no judgment judgment is so hard.
2: (laughs) I, I actually go through a process when I'm looking at something, when I'm examining something. And when I feel judgment, like come into my brain or I want to start that, or sometimes it comes in and you don't catch it till it's kind of been there for a minute. Mm -hmm. But either way, whenever I become aware of it, I, in my mind, visualize like pinning judgment off to the side with on like a cork board. Like, we're just going to put you over here for a minute. You're valid. You can come in later, but (laughs) I need to look at this over here. And it just kind of spaces it out in my brain to be able to look at whatever I'm trying to to decode or decipher or, like, create space with.
1: Yeah, that's a
2: good idea to just, you know, <clears throat>
1: not totally compartmentalize it and, like, shut it away. But just, you know, just move it over it. for a little
2: while. <laughs> yeah, it's showing up because it's showing up to do a job for you a jo- it's we do the best we can with what we've got and judgment is a tool that keeps us safe it keeps us from acting a fool or doing something that we're gonna regret later it's it's valid in its existence it just tends to run rampant it tends to it's over <clears throat> it's it's taking a, a bigger role than it necessarily yeah. needs to have. And it, it's just like that whole thing of it, the, the least emotionally mature, that that includes your thoughts, the least emotionally mature thought floating around your mind or in your ego is going to dictate everything else. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's just like, okay, buddy, like you're valid and I love judgment. I love that you come to save the day. I love that you come to keep me safe. I love that I love you. You're great. I'm just gonna pin you over here for a second. uh, (laughs) Look at this. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. you'll have your moment, just not right now. Yeah, Um. Yeah, you'll have your
2: moment. You'll have your moment. And judgment, I find then that judgment starts to almost kind of shrink into a a a, where it is truly useful. You know, discernment and judgment are essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's trying to keep you safe, and so there's a validity to it. Like if you're walking down a dark alley. And you see a scary dude standing there, like you want judgment to come in and go like, "No, this guy is bad news. But you don't want judgment to have such free reign that like every thought you think or every time you try to like examine yourself on a deeper, more honest, more intimate level that it's coming in going like, you know rearing its ugly head because it doesn't it doesn't actually have a job in that moment. It's not keeping you safe. It's keeping you. It's keeping you trapped. And so it's it'll start to recede into the space of like when it's necessary because you've taken emotional control over all of the energies and emotions yeah. that live in your body.
1: Because I think otherwise, like, you know, we're just on autopilot and our emotions are just like fluctuating and running like, yeah, like they have power over us. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you just don't look at them and you let them and you just respond and react, like, (laughs) without taking a minute, you, you are on autopilot, and you, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about, um, like, having these, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) off-ramps, like, it, like, something about taking psychedelics uh, kind of helped you, like, figure out where those off-ramps were, Um, and I think that's, you know, it's, it's the same thing with like pinning judgment over to the side for a little bit, you know, or, um, checking in with yourself uh, as far as like, what am I doing? How am I feeling? Like those questions, you know, it's just, it's just a little bit of like a, yeah. Taking a break, taking a minute, giving yourself more space so that you're not autopilot. Like
2: you got nothing but time. I mean, really, you know, we're just trying to get to know ourselves.
0: Well, like that flow you get from, the micro dosing and stuff like that. I feel like when you're flowing, it's like, you kind of just like observe your thoughts and like it processes much easier than like, if you're not and you're kind of like getting stuck in a thought, it's like you, you keep repeating it and you keep breaking it down like more and more. And you kind of like, you know, dissect it. Like, why am I feeling this? Why is this? Why is that? But I mean, I don't know. Like, I think for me, I, I feel like the best way to a lot of times the best way for me to stay out of judgment is like, I feel like it's suffering and I don't know if I like identify with that. And that's why I say that, but it's like you once love I,
2: suffering.
0: yeah, I love suffering. <laughs> I Maybe would, I think
1: that's kind of why Pete and I like get on so well is because we both <laughs> kind of like love to suffer. Yeah, like
0: Jesus <laughs> complex. Like I got to <laughs> bear a cross. And burn in hell. Um, and then I'm like resurrected, you know, like I, <laughs> I feel better about even like I. it was funny. Me and my wife went to hot yoga Saturday and which was massive suffering. And it's like I. we were talking about it because we kind of both felt the same way is that like we're sitting there and there's like we're in the back of the class and like there's people in front of the class in the mirror. They're all like shredded doing like splits standing on like their pinkies. And like saying these mantras, they all have like hot bodies and it's just like, you're looking at them like, like, we get it, dude. We know you're hot. We know you got like, all right. And then like by the end of the class, you're like so much suffering happened. You're just like, he's probably all right. He's probably not a bad guy. You know, (laughs) the beginning, you're like judging them because you're just like not there or whatever. And like, who really cares? But. You know, by the end of the class, after you guys like suffered together and like drip sweat and like just all this stuff, it's like, ah, eh, you know, it's all right. Everything's gonna be all right. <laughs> you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You, there's, I do think that there's like there's a necessity to exhaust certain elements of yourself, whether that's the physical body, like, you know. Uh, do hard things so that your mind is able to focus on the important stuff. And in this situation, yeah, like you do this hard thing. There's this like camaraderie of like, you guys both just went through this difficult class. And so you can find it, it calms the part of the brain that wants to, wants to judge. But is that judgment coming from? So like that, you know, you you've met, mentioned like his like six pack or, you know, the way they look. And so then is there your own internalized narrative and self judgment over an aspect of how you look or how you show up in the world? And then you're able to quiet that voice in your mind because now you've done something difficult and you realize that that's just like a peripheral kind of bullshit narrative that's rolling around in your head. Mm -hmm. So then the work becomes how then are you, you've identified then, and this is purely just like speculation just based on, on what you said and how I would approach it. It's like, okay, so I'm feeling this judgment, this outward expression of judgment towards this person because they seem like a chotch and they've, you know, is this all they do? And, you know, they should, they should really know what stress is, see if they can really keep that body and like (laughs) all of that stuff, right? (laughs) And then I, they're neutral, right? They're just the mirror that's showing me what's inside of me. So then I get to sit down and go like, all right, well, um... I guess I feel a lot less confident in my body than I thought I did. Can I sit in the space of, can I accept that I feel less confident or is this a situation where I need to employ change um, because I, I want something different than I'm actually living currently. And a lot of times I can go like, ah, actually like, I'm really kind of okay with like where I'm at or, or, or I will make a change, whatever it is. And then when I'm presented with that same quest, you know, that same person, the mirror that shows up, I've taken a little bit of that charge off of it. it may not be totally gone, but I know now where I'm looking when the charge comes up. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that makes just
0: sense. Just on a side note, I ate three double cheeseburgers that night. So
1: obviously weren't that
0: You know the decision a
2: right. this level of difference. It's not is right. making, <laughs> uh, that's,
0: that's where my mind went.
2: Uh, it's like it's this ultimate dance of acceptance yeah because like you know and like the more it's a process and the more that the more that you just kind of find little things to let your mind do like a mind exercise of processing through without the judgment then you start to pull some of the charge off of it now it may not be totally gone it may and then there may be one day where you just go like oh that doesn't like bother me in the least and it doesn't there, you've changed now your relationship to this thing that is ultimately neutral. You've just pulled all the charge that you held in your body towards it. You've, you've
0: alchemized it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think like for me personally, I kind of like to look, I feel like the more I look at like the darker shadow aspects of myself is when I like really love myself because I, I, cuz like you look at things, you know, whether you have shame about certain things, anything. It's like when you just be you know, I'm really it's simple, it sounds simple. I'm just like, all right, like feel the shame, like feel into it, like and then if you can like accept that shame, that's when I feel like I've made the biggest growth, you know. Yeah. Because you're oh, just like yeah. you're accepting what you consider maybe the shittier aspects of yourself like oh i'm you know one of my things is like i always try to keep busy so when i feel lazy you know it makes it makes me sad so like i i try to like even like in the last couple years i try to like if i feel tired you know i'll sleep in like and like accept that aspect of myself like you know it like And when you look at those darker aspects and accept them, I feel like that's when you really like start to love yourself because that's what you that's what you're judging the most about yourself. Or that's the your parents' voice in the background, like, oh, work harder, do this, you know, like do the right thing, or like, but what's really the right thing? It's what's right for you. You know? And I mean it's only taken me 40 years (laughs) to figure this out, but like in the last couple (laughs) of years, it's like you know all those judgments and it goes back to everything like religion and the good and evil and the duality it's like you you think all these things are bad but it's like i don't know who the hell made all these rules anyway
1: Mm
2: -hmm. i uh i was at a music festival uh, that we go to we camp and do the whole thing every year and i was uh on lsd And I was looking at the crowd and all of these young people, and everybody was like having a good time. But you could, you know, you can kind of watch and see where like nobody could sit still. Like everybody had to like we have to go over here. We got to go to the bathroom. We've got to go to the the stage. We've got to do this thing, and like this going, 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 and it just. I, it, it was so simple, but it like hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, oh, God is in the darkness. God is in the darkest parts of ourselves. Like all of these people, I said to my husband, I said, do you think they ever get where they're going?
1: <laughs> that's, that's like the best, like existential question. Like the
2: best oh, ever, right? you know? Like it was, and I was so genuine when I asked <laughs> the questions. Like I was just in this like space where, and it was it was just so clear in that moment that like, if you stop running, be that physically running around or in your mind, more importantly, and you just stop and you, and you face it, like you will find God in your darkest parts, like just waiting for you, just waiting for you to know yourself as such. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, And I
2: don't know, it's been pondering. I've been pondering it for months now. Well, like,
0: I always think I like something that, you know, like when I used to do TikTok messages or lives and like people would come on and be like, you're doing the devil's work. <laughs> of course, I had to put like a little country accent on it, but um, <laughs> well, that checks out. like something that I always thought of is like, like, well, like who created the devil?
2: But it's just emotional manipulation. It's the least emotionally mature person in the room. But
0: I'm saying, <laughs> but, but like, I always love, like, I like engaging these people because I just want to, like, hear your thoughts. You no, but it's just like, it's like, even if the devil is real, whether you believe it or not, it's like, well, where did he come from? You know, and then, like, do you think God still loves him?
2: Mm. my question my dad's a big big good and evil guy yeah. very bible and i said but dad i was like if i was 99 percent evil like just run would you damn me to hell to for all eternity like as my father would you do that he was like well well no i was like and you're just my dad like you're just a normal guy you think god is up there and if somebody is 49% bad or I mean if someone has even one shred of goodness in them how can they be condemned how how does that mm. who's doing that <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, insane
0: to me. I think we were talking about this briefly another podcast or something and we were saying like um now I lost my transcript <laughs> <laughs> my brain it'll sometimes come um i don't know where i was going with it. but it had to do with oh. good and evil like um yeah i'm sorry I well i just
1: character. it'll come back to you uh, yeah it, w- it probably will i think it it usually does but i i liked that idea like that goddess in the darkness and like, um because i and also just the idea of, like, people just constantly feeling like they need to be moving, they need to be going somewhere because they are kind of just, like, running from themselves, you know? Like, I, I feel like I've been talking with a friend of – or different friends of mine, actually, about this, but, like, just this idea that, like, they feel like they just never want to be alone. Like, no matter – like, you know, like, they, they're either working or they're going out or they're with – you know, like, they, they just don't want to be by themselves. They're in an unhappy relationship because – Like, they don't want to be alone and they don't want to have to, like, face themselves. And (laughs) I, like, I kind of went through this whole journey over the last couple of years myself of, like, realizing I had been in, like, a long string of, like, bad relationships because I was, like, well, it's (laughs) – I was just, like, hiding from myself. I didn't want to do this work and whatever. And now I'm, like, I really like being alone. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) – I feel like so yeah. much more peaceful. You found
2: yourself in the dark. Like,
1: you, <laughs> I mean, I, did. I almost wonder if it's like okay, maybe I need to like force myself to socialize more. <laughs> because when I have the choice, I like kind of just rather like I realize how much more peaceful it is and how much like clearer my head is and um whatever, it's like I try to I try to tell people this but it's like it's like you you have to get there on your own. Like you have to like kind of force yourself to like be with yourself um yeah and that's where you're really trying to go anyway you know like Mm -hmm. you're trying to go someplace where you feel safe and um loved and like seen and (laughs) i don't know yeah you don't get that anywhere else but within yourself
0: you know like i feel like um you know if you're not safe within yourself or like love within yourself you're never gonna attract The relationship you want because Mm
2: -hmm. you're always
0: it's like everything's a reflection and you're always attracting your lessons. So how can you (laughs) attract the relationship that's well? It's funny because like my wife has a couple friends who are like newly single and they're like dating and stuff. And they like they went they got like divorced and went right to dating. And it's just Mm -hmm. like what like do you think you're gonna attract the right partner when you didn't even like heal what was going on? in your last relationship that you know caused these issues
2: yeah i always the advice i always give especially my older son because my my daughter's just a little too young Is like double down on brand you you're it like you take the classes you want to take you read the books you want to read you do the things all of that that you want to do forever like that's your rule you're building your brand and my explanation was like, when you do that, you now are attracting people into your life that have these things in common with you, or at least at a place where they know themselves to the level that you know yourself. And now if that comes to like, dating relationships, now it's not just because, you know, they're single and you're single. And so okay, let's just you know see if this works and the chaos that ensues from that point it's you know yourself you're not afraid of yourself you're not afraid to sit alone you know what you like double down
0: (laughs) yeah that's really
1: good advice um well i don't know we're here at like an hour and a half i don't know if there's anything I'm going to take my
2: daughter to
1: dance
2: sure. class. Awesome. So like,
1: well, do things. you want to tell people really quick, like where they can find you, or do you have anything you want to promote?
2: Sure. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Kristen hansen 444 Hanson and Kristen are both spelled with an E. Um, I also have a website, it's www.multi dash dimensional dash not dash detangler okay i will link that (laughs) yeah uh, i don't know why it's the you know you think you're being cute and then you're like oh this is the most complicated thing ever um but people can book reiki sessions online they can reach out to me on um instagram um i also have a podcast ascending masters podcast um And I do uh, sessions I do and I do some coaching stuff where really it's a a lot like conversations like this. It's just kind of helping someone identify where they're at Mm -hmm. and the ways to kind of lead them back to their own empowerment. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. This is super
1: interesting. And I feel like I have a lot to, to think about and unpack.
2: Like, (laughs) I feel like I learned a lot here today. (laughs) Uh, That means so much. And I, I, I just am I'm honored to be able to to show up and do this. Yeah. So thank, you thank you for coming guys. on.
0: Thanks for coming on. All right. Um, right, right well. Bye.
2: I'll talk to you soon.